0: The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer and a psychologist team up to solve your long-running relationship (laughs) issues in 10 minutes or less. What, Steve? I didn't stumble. I didn't give you a chance to jump in. What is your objection this week?
1: Uh, You just blow right past my part now because you don't trust James. You are filled with suspicion and paranoia. And for that, I am sad. You
0: have a track record. And if this were any other (laughs) relationship we were advising people on, we were saying if if he lets you down... 55 (laughs) times in a row, let it go. Yes, I counted. Okay. But the good news is there's one thing that never lets us down, and that's the listener questions. And we have a great one this week. Here it is. My husband and I have been together for 20 years as of February, married for 11 years. This past March, he advised me that he is undergoing a depression for quite some time, and this has been on his mind since not long after our youngest was born. He requested a separation to focus on him as he stated, He can't do that with our two children. Our nine-year-old has anxiety issues and our three-year-old has autism. And myself, I have mental health issues around. He insisted that it's not because of me, our children, and that there's no one else in his life. He also Stated that he loves me, but he is not in love with me due to his depression. It caught me completely by surprise and off guard. He moved out in April. Everyone keeps telling me to move on, that my marriage is over, and no good will come of me waiting for him. Some of them have insisted on getting a lawyer. My husband, on the other hand, is insisting that he only wants this to be a temporary separation, but he is unable to commit to a timeline. I am at a loss for what to do, as I'm still very much in love with him, and we've been through so much in our 20 years together. I just want a third party's advice on my situation. Be as brutal as you need to be. And this is the second time somebody has put that at the end of the letter. Maybe, maybe we're more brutal. I don't know. I can't are tell if it. Brutal? I don't know. Are we brutal to other people or are we not brutal enough? I don't know what that comment means. We need to have an entire oh. episode on that. But all right. So let's, let's see where this goes then. Stay, take it
1: away, Steve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was talking to the husband instead of the wife on this one because... Husband being depressed, I understand. There's a lot of pressure on him, both at home, and I'm sure he has a job, and he's trying to support the family. Like, he's spinning a lot of plates. And remind me, James, how old are their children? Like, nine and three or something? Nine and three, yes. Okay, and the three-year-old special needs kid, right? Uh, Three-year-old has
0: autism, nine-year-old has anxiety issues, and wife says she has undisclosed mental health issues
1: as well. Okay. So there's a lot of moving parts to this life. The part that I don't like is where he sticks her with the kids because yeah. the kids are needy and she's only got so much gas in the tank every day too. This is why you need kind of two adults to tag team. And you know, you have four kids. Like you need two adults to kind of manage all of the energy and all the need. Kids that don't have special needs are very needy so i'm going to assume that he is roughly 40-ish which is about the time that guys they call it a midlife crisis what a lot of times it is they start dropping testosterone a little bit and that leads to a little bit more depression and anxiety they start becoming more focused on their body like little aches and pains they start ruminating on this is a normal part of development but if you have that added pressure For some people, the tendency is to stand and fight and figure it out. And for some people, it's to flee. It's that fight or flight. Those are kind of the two options we have when faced with a huge foe, like life is becoming for him. But for him, the separation, my fear is for the letter writer, is she is going to be pissed because he did kind of leave her holding the bank. and I don't care if they have like 50-50 custody and she gets some days off with the kids or whatever that it's just not the same when you are alone in the home and you are the last line of defense like you can't take a night where you don't feel good you can't take a night where you're exhausted like your partner can't step up and take them because they're kind of looking out for their own um, needs anyway I hope he gets treatment. My my hope would have been if this would have started earlier is that he could have talked to someone and we could have worked out like a fire drill plan to get like her parents to stay with the kids once in a while or uh, them to crash at grandma's house or like just to give a little bit of relief. I remember this is a reference you're not going to get, but I used to watch a show called The Bob Newhart Show back in the 70s. And Bob and Emily came to one of these crossroads where Bob said, I need a weekend where I just go and sit in a hotel room and stare out the window because I feel like I'm underwater with one of those scuba outfits and someone is crimping my air hose and I think that's how he feels right now he's suffocating there's no light at the end of the tunnel he's just on this treadmill and he's just wearing the heck out he's getting burned out is what he's getting but that can be treated without pissing off your wife because there's gonna be a lot of wreckage that has to get repaired when they do reconcile and it sounds like they will if she really believes that he is not seeing someone else which in this case I'm not convinced he is in some cases I would be convinced just by the way this was set up but given all the circumstances in his life he might just need to breathe and I wish we could have done this in a way that doesn't damage the relationship but anyway, given that I don't think she should give up on this what I think she should do though is sit down he's got to be seeing a therapist if he has identified himself as depressed he's probably taking medication probably seeing somebody but i would like for her to go in for at least one session and just work out a timeline and he's gonna say well i don't know when it's gonna be but there has to come a fish or cut bait moment where he says i'm just gonna suck it up for another you know 15 i don't know how severely autistic their little one is but anxiety with the nine-year-old we can work that out and a nine-year-old can still be out of the house at 18 doing their own thing three year old might or might not kind of be chained to the parents for the rest of their life or dependent the change is a pejorative I guess but dependent upon them I'm talking way too much here I realize but <laughs> like uh, once the nine-year-old is up and out once the three-year-old gets a little more self-reliant I think they can work this out more effectively between mom and dad but that can't start five years from now like that's got to start now so if I were working with them I would work out a timeline and say he's got a one-year lease on this apartment. That's going to run out in February of 2020, and that is the drop-dead date, that we are going to make a decision. It's time to poop or get off the pot, and if you're going to poop, then poop. But if you're going to get off the pot, rejoin the family. We have to start repairing some of this anger that she's bound to have. Anyway, what say you, James Breakwell?
0: Well, I, I like your deadline idea. I think there definitely needs to be a cutoff point. Uh, but I guess I don't have to be the bad guy here uh, on this one. I don't I don't share your optimism. And maybe that's because I'm not the marriage counselor. I don't see things rebounding from this sort of situation. Uh, but I what, all I see here is the stuff that's not happening. Uh, he didn't give her warnings beforehand that he wanted things to change. He didn't. He's he, she doesn't say anything about him seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist to work on himself. She doesn't say anything about him coming back to work on the marriage. I think all this this optimism she has, or hope. Hope is just that it's just kind of hope. She thinks they can reconcile, but he told her one he's depressed, and two he's not in love with her anymore. And those are those aren't the kind of things that you say if you're necessarily going to try to get back with somebody. So I think maybe the deadline is the best thing. You say you you can have this year or whatever however long the lease is to work on yourself. But during that time, you better be coming back and uh, helping with the kids. You better be you know working on yourself in therapy, and you better be uh, working on the relationship because if it's just going to be a year of them never talking. To each other. I mean, what's the right. point in that? You're basically already broken up at that point. And in the meantime, I think she needs to take you know, start taking steps to see what this would look like permanently to protect herself and set herself up for that. Because you know, divorce is a huge change, and and she doesn't save. I don't remember if she said if she works or not. Um, but you know, th- those are all things that need to be taken into account. And I would really hate it if he's out there working on himself and he's not helping with the kids at all, because that would be uh, that would be horrendous, and that might be grounds for divorce on its on its own. If you just don't Dump both kids on your spouse and just disappear for months or a year. So uh, I would say uh, be cautious with this. Definitely be cautious and, uh, you know, just, just be realistic. I, I don't know, Steve. So you, you, you've seen all sorts of situations with your marriage counseling. How often do you see couples physically separate and then get together? Like at, at this point, is it like a 50-50 thing? Is it 75-25? What would be your best guess?
1: I would go probably a little south of 50-50, but not too far. The the thing that I want to add into here is when you say, I don't know why you're the bad guy and I'm the good guy here, <laughs> that way. But a lot of times for men, they don't have the words to even know how to express what they're feeling before it lands on them like a piano in a cartoon. Like uh, for him to not give any warning and then pull the ripcord out of nowhere it it may feel that way to him too like i it, it's hard to know how articulate he is from an emotional standpoint and when he says i'm not in love with you that's one of the um one of the symptoms of being depressed you feel nothing like your emotional needle doesn't move and love is in there he probably feels no joy uh he feels no uh he's just apathetic the world is sepia for him so i wouldn't put a lot of stock in that one to mean something personal against her that may just be the state of the union for him okay so this is why i would like to work on that first and uh, see what we're left with but you're absolutely right if they don't talk for a year they've already moved on because she's found other friends to cope with she's found other ways to get the kids dealt with each day she's found uh, at least a way to support herself and it may be that he's feeding her money but both of them will have moved on
0: well, I guess there you go. You don't really have to wait till the lease runs out to figure out if things are going to work out. Just take a look at how things are now. Are you guys working towards a resolution or have you gone your separate ways towards uh, towards whatever kind of divorce this is going to be? And I can't imagine it will be a, uh, a pleasant divorce at all. But, you know, maybe, I guess on a weirdly optimistic, pessimistic note, at least with a divorce, there's like defined boundaries about who watches the kids and who pays what and all of that. I think sometimes with these wishy-washy situations where somebody's out of the house, but there's no defined custody agreement and there's no defined, you know, child support agreement. You know, there, there's a lot of ways that that can go very wrong as well. So make, make sure you're not taken advantage of in that. Don't, uh, if, if you're losing the house or anything like that, don't, don't let yourself become homeless. You know, definitely take the steps to protect your kids. That should, that should always be the top priority there Absolutely. as well.
1: Absolutely. And right. that's what he may not be a bad guy. He but, just doesn't know what to do.
0: This is true. We are, we are totally guessing here. He could be a great guy, and this is a one-time, you know, collapse of a mental health, or he could be a monster. We, <laughs> we just don't know. And that's one of those things I guess we might not know if we saw him face-to-face either. I kind of just assume everybody's a monster. It makes life much easier. <laughs> that's, that's how I found Steve. <laughs> note <laughs> well if you have a relationship issue you'd like us to solve in 10 minutes or less please send in that question to james breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. it doesn't have to be a marriage question it can be you know boyfriend girlfriend co-workers platonic parent pet whatever you have we'll take a crack at it this has been another week of 10 minutes to save your marriage and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back